0: Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of GoreCon, in which we sit down with small cap CEOs to discuss important news at their companies. With us today, happy to have him back, Scott Burton, CEO of Fans Unite Entertainment. The company trades on the CSE under the stock symbol FANS, FANS, and for our friends in the US under FUNFF. For those who are new to the story, that's going to be a lot of you. First things first, The global online game market is scheduled to be potentially a trillion dollar business by the end of this decade. However, uh, you know, a lot of small cap investors just haven't had the opportunity to participate in that because primarily it's dominated by, you know, all the industry giants. Uh, Fans Unite provides that opportunity now. And that growth is coming from, you know, multiple factors. But first of all, just the growth in the number of people online, the growth in the amount of People, amount of time people are spending online. You've also got the number of countries and jurisdictions, I think is the big one, uh, that are starting to legalize gambling because they all want that tax revenue. Uh, uh, Fans Unite, what I really love about the company is they've got, they're not just a one trick pony. They've got both a B2B side in which they provide their gambling technology to other companies. Uh, they've also got their B2C side in which, you know, their gambling platforms go directly to gamblers. And that's resulted in over. You know, hundreds of million dollars of bets uh, on their platform, hundreds of thousands of registered users. Uh, they've integrated with over uh, a, a, a platform with over 6,000 casino games. Uh, on and on, just fantastic and uh, success. And now the headline today, Fans Unite Entertainment betting platform achieves record month. That's for October 2020, 433% increase in revenue, 730, 730% increase in gross margin. Margin. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, George. Good to great. be here. Big month, seven point three million dollars in total betting volume, four hundred thirty-three percent increase in revenue. Before we get into the numbers, how big of a milestone is this? How do you and how should your shareholders be feeling right now?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we we feel great, um, and I I think our shareholders should be should be very excited about. Uh, the future of, of this, in particular, McBookie asset that that we have, um, you know, was a big part of, of the companies coming together when uh, fancy Night Nascot merged back in August. Uh, you know, looking at the potential of McBookie, um, I think we're we're just scratching the surface of what McBookie can do. Um, you know, just to put in perspective, I mean, this is a record month in their ten year history, so. So this, this sports book's been around a long time. Uh, it's got two very, very good operators behind it, Paul and Damien. Um, they were just at a point where they needed, uh, I guess, a, a surrounding group and a team um, to start hitting these types of numbers that they, they should be hitting all the time. Um, so for us to do it at this, Period of times during a pandemic, only a few months into uh, the merge of the entities, uh, we feel like we've barely gotten started tapping the potential of. Macbookie. So, uh, yeah, I think everyone should be really excited. Um, you know, we got to think there's a time here where uh, sports wasn't fully active for a lot of the the last quarter, where McBookie was hitting record weeks and months. So, um, you know, it's a great time. Uh, very happy about the announcements, and uh, and really looking forward to. Uh, showing everyone what we're able to do with this asset and then um, looking for other ones like it that we can now leverage our team, our technology, our infrastructure, and uh, and repeat this uh, in, in the way we did with McBookie.
0: Um, you mentioned earlier, I like the fact that you mentioned that this, this merge only took place a, a few months ago, uh, back in August, actually. Yeah. Seems like it was, with everything going on in the world, seems like it was a yeah. year ago, but it really is like three, four months ago internally speaking, $7.3 million in total betting volume, does that come in as expected for you guys with your own internal kind of numbers, or is that ahead of schedule? And if it is, what do you attribute uh, these numbers
1: to? Yeah. So it's, um, it, it, it's, it's getting in line with where, uh, where I think we all believed, uh, in bookies, should be in and, and we're gonna aim to be at um, so it's getting aligned with numbers that we had talked about for, for next year um, so it's a bit ahead uh, of schedule because you know we had a lot of things we plan to implement with MacBookie um, uh, really to grow that site um, in terms of like adding casino adding live dealer adding virtuals um, building some scalable products around the technology they currently have so there's more automation. Um, so we're just getting started there. So we're, we're definitely ahead uh, of where I thought we would be in terms of hitting these types of numbers. Uh, so that's great news and a, and a very good sign of, I think, what, what what's to come with McBookie. Um, there's a few things that were key to these numbers. And um, for those that don't know, if they haven't figured out by the name, and Bookie is, a, <laughs> is, a, is kind of a, t- a reasonably targeted brand on the Scottish market. So it's a UK sports book. So operating in one of the toughest markets in the world to be an online sports betting operator. Um, so they're in a tough market, but they have really captured this uh, you know, Scottish niche. It's not to say they don't get users from all over the UK, but really uh, Scotland is a, is a big part of their brand and marketing. Uh, Scotland sports had a great month. Um, you know, the Scottish national team has is, is progressed in the European championships. Uh, you had the uh, Celtic Rangers game for the Scottish premiership. So, you know, the biggest uh, football match in, in Scotland every year is the, uh, the old firm. So we so had a couple of those things come together, which is, which is great. But um, I think what's, you know, really positive is, is the growth on the casino side um so uh sports it was a great sports betting month but it was an even better month for a casino and this is an area that um you know yeah, and, the casino,
0: and the casino i want to just chime in there for a second is casinos casino we all think we know what it is online but you guys introduced live betting uh if you could talk a little bit about that because i think that's a fantastic concept
1: yeah, so on, on the casino, um, we have yeah, introduced uh, live dealers. So this is where um, when you go on there, you're actually, it's like you're sitting, you're sitting in a real room, it uh, feels like it. So there's a real live dealer in front of you dealing cards. So you're either playing, you know, live. Blackjack, Baccarat, whatever, um, so so Live Dealer is really picking up, and that was something that was just introduced during the pandemic, um, so seeing the growth of that already, and uh, virtuals was the other one that was added during the last few months, so this is where you're betting on uh, virtual horse races, virtual soccer games, uh, virtual Greyhounds, anything like that. So. So these are areas of the business that weren't really part of the, the core McBookie uh, offering, um, but are growing extremely fast and, and then now contributing a significant amount of the revenue to them. Um, so again, it's an area where I think we're just getting started um, Tons of growth there. So the, the whole site in general uh, is just ready to, to, I think explode now that we've brought uh, Fans unite Ascot and McBookie kind of all together. Scott, do
0: you, guys, do you guys think that you're part of the new kind of iGaming leadership? Because we know the look, I'm, I'm 52 years old, so I kind of grew up on, uh, not that I'm an online game, but sometimes I go to the free sites just to have some fun. But, you know, it's, there's uh, some cards and poker, and there's uh, some roulette. You hit a button and it spins. But it seems like the, that world is changing, much more interactive, much more gaming feel, a fresher, cooler feel to it. Do you think you guys are part of the new leadership group because the the incumbents maybe are slower to react to that, and you guys just newer, more nimble, and and cooler?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, yeah, I guess it's a function of uh, of sort of, you know when we're born and, and, and what we've kind of built and grown up with and, uh, and so the incumbents are doing very well and they make a lot of money and it's a, those are big boats to try and turn around so, so we do have that benefit of um, you know building uh, our, our technology and infrastructure over the last five six years um, and really being part of the growth of this really the truly first generation that's grown up online Um, So their expectations, their demands, their requirements of an entertainment product are very different from what, um, you know, people who are already online casinos are are used to. So what is entertainment for, you know, people in the maybe 50 bracket and above um, in terms of what they get from an online casino is very different from, uh, what a younger generation of 18 to 30 year olds are used to when they're online, and if you can't keep them or grab them immediately, um, they're they're not going to play. So, so the old days uh, of placing a traditional sports bet um, on a Wednesday and and you come back on Sunday to see how you did. That's me. big um, <laughs> <that's me. laughs> yeah,
0: so. fun well, of me, just, but yeah, that, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan i put 20 bucks in the game. I wait till Sunday.
1: Yeah, and it's not a great bet these days. Uh, the Cowboys, Easy, but, <laughs> Easy. I, get, I got power of the mute button, right? I, yeah. I can mute you right now. Yeah, yeah. No, they're having a tough time, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's it's a real. Uh, I think it's a real benefit of our platform. It's what people are recognizing. We're doing that at every level, so it goes not just from uh, the way we're trying to interact with people on our live in-play esports betting, so stream betting, where you can sit on our site for two hours and watch a, a full esports match and be placing bets every 20, 30 seconds if you want. Um, So that goes for, you know, from the betting side, but then we move into the Ascot game side, which is where we're building our, uh, what people would consider more casino style games. But again, we have to make them far more interactive, far more engaging, better themes, cooler graphics, better sound, uh, all of those things. So that's uh, really exciting for us because um, the feedback and the interest we're getting in the very early days of that has been uh, outstanding. Um, so so very excited for that part of the business going forward uh, next year. Um, I think that could be a big part of our growth story next year. Um, we're already getting some good news. We announced uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, um, our first casino game aggregator deal. So we've got uh, the Ear platform uh, has agreed to take our games into their platform and distribute to their 120 plus online casinos and sports books they're integrated with, uh, gets us potentially in front of millions of users. Um, you know, we hope to have 10 games out next year into five plus aggregators. So the the ability to scale that business and growth is is huge um, because just with one aggregator, we've now got potentially 120 partners we can plug into. So, so yeah, there's lots on the go, but really everything we do is, is about um, what's the next generation of, gamer casino player better um, need and and what's going to entertain them because online you're competing with a lot of other things
0: and for everyone at home you know if in case you're wondering what's great about fans is that they've got two sides of the business they've got the b2c which is what we were talking about at the beginning mcbookie you know I'm, I'm i'm in the uk i can go on there place uh place bets on the national team and all that that's that's me, but on the what the company is always also doing on the B two B side is they're creating as you as you just heard Scott say they're creating new games, they're creating all sorts of new experiences. But rather than them having to do the distribution, which means that they have to go and try and find George, spend money targeting George, acquiring him as a customer, and that becomes a really expensive proposition. Instead, it's a B two B situation where they're offering it to platforms that have. Like, as the, like this one here, 120 online casinos as their customers. So the distribution is done at a very, very low cost. And yep. I love that about your about your business model, Scott. Yeah. Last question for you. I started off in my intro talking about the fact that more and more jurisdictions uh, are legalizing gambling. In fact, I think in this latest US election, I read somewhere, and I could be wrong, that five more states were legalizing gambling uh sports betting online sports betting and things like that canada there are some potentials some potential changes come to canadian law uh on the legalization of i'm going to read this single event sports betting uh what is single event sports betting uh because i would have thought the dallas cowboys game is a single event sports game uh so what is that but more importantly what could that mean to the company
1: yeah, so you're you're right. Uh, betting on the Dallas Cowboys is a is a single event sports game, and that's something you can't do in Canada legally at the moment okay. on a government site. So um, so betting in, in online gaming, iGaming in Canada is run by the government, uh, and then it's sent down to the provincial level for the provincial lottery corporations to to operate and regulate. Um, and so there is part of the criminal code is this single event betting that's been there, which doesn't allow that in Canada. So if you're on a, um, a, a proper lottery site in Canada and want to bet on a sporting game or event, uh, you have to do what people would call a parlay or a multiple. Right. You mean tie that bet with another bet on sports. So the Cowboys are going to win and the Toronto Maple Leafs are gonna win. Um, so it's uh, definitely a disadvantage for the better, um, increases the you know margins for a sports book, because as soon as a user, you have to uh, predict more than one outcome, your your chances go down. Um, there's many reasons they had for, for having that in effect, um, but really what is happening is, Uh, the majority of sports betting in Canada is done on offshore sites and gray markets. So uh, there's billions of dollars a year being bet uh, on these sites really because it's not an option in Canada on a government site. Um, You know, I can't say maybe it'll it'll all come back, but a huge portion that will likely come back if the provinces one and not only offer that, but two, then, um, do better on player user interfaces, user experiences. So, so that's leads to the Ontario uh, announcement that's coming, potentially coming up. I think their budget is today, and what they're talking about doing is opening up Ontario to operators outside of government lottery corporations. So,
0: so would if- I be able to would I be able to place bets uh, on the Dallas Cowboys by going to one of your specific sites? or would I still be going through a government site, uh, but they would direct me or they would integrate your software? How, how, would, that,
1: how would that change? So we can kind of do, we can go both ways there. Um, so one, you know, one of the reasons, you know, as a company we've never uh, taken bets or offered bets in Canada is because we would like to potentially license our software into some of these provincial operators. Or be welcomed into the, the the provinces that do open it up to non-government groups. So, in Ontario, for example, if it does change, then it would mean that um, you could go on sites that aren't run by the government. Um, they've now, they will have to go through the same regulations and get past all that. And, and we don't know what those rules and regulations will look like necessarily yet. So that's to be seen. Um, but as a user, really what Ontario is trying to do is recapture a lot of that money, but also give consumer choice. Um, you know, there's people who say that the government's a good regulator, maybe not a good operator. Um, and they haven't done the best job of giving the consumers what they really want. And that's why there's so much goes offshore. So so there's motivation, I guess, for the provinces to do better in terms of product. Um, But here it does open it up for outside operators to come in, uh, still get licensed. And and one of the things we've heard is that um, Ontario will be looking to sign uh, memorandums of understanding or MOUs with jurisdictions that are considered tier one. Um, We're about to get two multi-licenses and that would be a jurisdiction that would potentially have an MOU with Ontario. So that would take a company like ours now that's sitting in Canada where we've heard, um, we'll also get some, um, not necessarily a lot of preference, but there, there is some motivation to give contracts to Canadian companies Um, So we'll be sitting here in Canada. Now we can offer products either through uh, a license we obtain or partnering with a group um, that would allow people to bet just on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah,
0: and I was going to ask that question because uh, it would make sense that, look, if the country is trying to recapture vital tax revenue, gambling tax revenue that's never had, because as you said, billions are going offshore, uh, it makes sense to A, provide it in Canada so they can tax that action, but why wouldn't they also give it to a Canadian company? Because more revenue going into companies like Fans Unite.
1: Yeah. More yeah, tax absolutely. revenue
0: coming yeah. into Canada. I mean, it would just make sense that they'd want to have both. It wouldn't make sense to partner with George, you know, George's gambling company out of Greece, where yeah. all that revenue flows there and all that tax revenue flows there. So what could yeah. that mean to you guys how many, how many Canadian companies are there, uh, you know, ballpark that, you, that you'd be competing against So at your level? I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of little tiny guys, but like your level, tier one level of quality.
1: Yeah, in terms of having a software platform ready to go that's integrated with Casino already, that's integrated with Sportsbooks, uh, that does the geolocation, the age identity location verification, holds multiple licenses. Um, I can't think of really any of our size in Canada right now. Wow. All right. So fair to say
0: that you guys are somehow aggressively making contact, lobbying, sending in inquiries, making phone calls, the whole, the whole nine night. Yeah, years. we've been fortunate to, uh, to have
1: good relationships with a number of the provinces over the last number of years. So um, okay. as they were looking to get more innovative in a number of the jurisdictions, uh, eSports has been one of the areas that they've looked at closely. Um, and again, being in our unique position of being a Canadian-based iGaming company, um, in the esports space, um, you know we got a lot of calls, meetings. So we've we've got good relations it's there. Uh, the Canadian Gaming Association is really good. We you know we've been on panels with them before. So so I think right. we're we're well positioned for these Canadian opportunities to open up. It, you know, it does rely on changes in at, at the federal level or government levels, provincial. So so that's to be seen. But. Um, I don't doubt that Ontario will be the leader in the space, and that the other provinces dominoes will fall um, as as you see one province set up a regulatory framework that works. Uh, I think you know we will see other provinces follow, much like the the U.S. So I don't think we can sit this close to the U.S. and watch what's going on there, state by state, and again the revenue numbers and the taxes um, and 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 ignore that. So uh, so yeah, well, I, think I, 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 I think it's great for us
0: especially in the year of COVID, where both federal government and all provinces have gone into massive deficit. Yeah. You can't just tax that money back. You're gonna end up killing the economy. You've got to find alternative means of taxation. And this would seem to be, uh, all bias aside, would seem to be the easiest and fastest way to get a really big chunk of revenue. Any ETA, I know you you don't listen, legislation is not up to you, but have you heard any ETA for when they may start coming? To a federal decision, are we
1: weeks away, months away, a year away? What are you, what are you, what are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, we we've heard it uh, many times. It's been sort of a so Bill C218 is the uh, the bill in front of I guess the federal government. So that's already speaking, the the debates have started on that. I mean, it's been talked about for a long time. It's kind of been kicked down the road a few times. Uh, I think there's a lot of incentivization now to get it moved. So so I'm I'm in the optimistic camp of where months and no longer years. Um, so I, I would think we'll start seeing movement. Uh, and this is just my, my personal thoughts of, of following and reading for, for the last years. Um, you know, 2021, we'll start to see movement there. Uh, I think Ontario, I haven't seen uh, what their budget looked like today, but there was an expectation that they will make an announcement uh, on the uh, opening up the province. So, so that one should be coming soon as well. Uh, and then we will be, uh, you know, in conversations and finding out what uh, that means for a company like ours and and how we're going to participate and and clear any of the regulatory hurdles you know as quick as we can uh, like i said we've got the benefit of being a company that's been through um multiple licensing regimes in isle of man and malta um so tier one regimes that have gone through tested our software um seen our products and, and we've obtained licenses so we we know we meet those requirements and we know that uh Canadian governments will be looking to markets like that that have been doing it for decades to to take some guidance around what the regulations are going to look like.
0: Scott, congratulations, man! Congratulations on a record monthly number out of McBookie. Uh, every time we talk, half the time I'm finding my, my mind spinning as I'm talking to you because you keep presenting these these growth you know scenarios where it seems almost unstoppable. I know it's not guaranteed and you know, there's still execution, but congratulations. What you guys have achieved so far, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks a lot.
0: Look forward to the next one. You've been watching Scott Burton, or if you've been listening by podcast, he's CEO of fans, United entertainment trades on the CSC, uh, under the stock symbol F a N S fans, fantastic stock symbol. And for our friends in the U S under fun FF. Uh, you've heard, you've watched what Scott had to say. Now you got to go do some more due diligence. We know there's a lot of information here for you to absorb. So get to the Fans Unite hub on Agoracom. Go to the profile section. We've got everything really neatly laid out for you to get a great understanding of what this company does. Get over their website, do some more due diligence, and then, you know, take advantage of, of Agoracom. Ask any questions you might have, and hopefully you've discovered your next great small cap company. Thanks for joining us. Have a fantastic day. See you next time.